This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Welcome back to another edition of Extreme Resurrection. I'm your host, James Grunberg, and as always, I am with Steve Riddle. Steve, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Glad to be back again. Um, kind of looking forward to getting past the um, all this the um, negativity that was our last episode, having to deal with the Benoit situation. But um, as we uh, deal with these next two episodes going into the Great American Bash, we'll see how uh, things play out for the uh, for ECW. Uh, yeah, um, it's not looking it, it these next two episodes uh, seem like ECW took a little step backwards, but that's not entirely like the show's fault. It's like a little bit of a lackluster on the uh, the roster side as well. You know, um, it's taken another hit besides the uh, the Crispin Law tragedy and like what happened there. <clears throat> um. Marcus Corvon's last match was officially that uh, number one contenders match with CM Punk for the right to face Benoit or John Nitro at Vengeance. And he is gone after that ECW. So he doesn't even come to Vengeance. And he's gone after any, and he's basically gone after that ECW show. I did some research on it. And I was saying, like, well, where's Corvon? Where's Corvon? He does not come back. He uh, was cited. Uh, he cited family issues and he left uh, for three months. And then WWE released him in September of 2007 without even a return matchup. He is just gone. So that also hurts uh, the roster. And they had to they have to reshuffle again with uh, heels and baby faces. So 2007 has not been a good year for ECW. If you start off with tests being released, uh, you know, no more hardcore Holly on the ECW roster. Rob Van Dam is gone. The Benoit incident. And now Marcus Corvon, you have to reshuffle again, Steve. Yeah, that's really unfortunate because, I mean, we've been talking, I mean, Corvon's been a really, you know, kind of highlight of this first year, this half of the year. And he's like he was, you know, on the fast track for something. But then, like you said, he disappeared. Um, you know, I did he remember hearing about the, you know, the family issue, the supposed family issues. And then, like you said, September, they just announced that he had been let go. And he pretty much he doesn't just, you know, disappear from WWE. He disappears from wrestling completely. Like he doesn't he doesn't go back to TNA. Um he didn't go to Ring of Honor. He just like completely vanished. Um, 
and completely just left the business, which, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's unfortunate because he was a guy that seemed to have a lot of potential, um, you know, first when he was in TNA and then again, and then here. So um, definitely one of those biggest, um, when you talk about like guys who, you know, the missed opportunities, he's, I think, one of those, one of those guys. And in terms of like, you know, you mentioned about the roster, it's like, yeah, I mean, we just, we had, you know, we went through a whole draft one month ago and, it feels like, you know, ECW was like, it was addition by subtraction. It's like, yeah, they added a couple of guys, but in the pro, but at the same time, they also lost a whole bunch. They lost a whole bunch more. So it's like, you know, it, you know, ECW is really, you know, the roster is extremely thin. And I'm just kind of, I was kind of looking ahead towards, um, you know, the coming summer and it's, you know, it's a lot of the same guys and, you know, going at, you know, facing each other. It's like, you know, it's it's just really it's really it sucks because you know we were hoping for some good things for ECW but um, you know you almost kind of wonder it's at one point you know at some point do they just kind of you know not bail on the whole third brand but maybe just maybe think about maybe rebranding ECW as a different brand. Yeah, like I mean, again, like you said, like I don't even know how like it survived all the way to 2000 and 2010 when like it felt like you know even after the Benoit thing, it's like, uh, do we look at our roster again and uh, repackage these guys on the two other shows and do we shut down ECW for good or do we just keep on going? And they decide, well, we're just going to keep on going with it. Giant Nitro is our champion, you know, and. Uh, He's getting ready to face uh, CM Punk at the Great American Bash, so we're on the uh, the road there. But again, it's like we're shifting people, and uh, this first episode here, um, we are we only have two matches. Like we only have this match, um, and then we go into uh, a recap of the vengeance match, vengeance match between. CM Punk and Johnny Nitro and how Nitro became ECW champion. Then we have one more match. Um, I did not catch uh, where we are are tonight, uh, but this is ECW July 3rd, 2007. Do you know, do you remember where we are, Steve? So we are at the American Airlines Center in Dallas. So we're so still in, uh, still in Texas. Oh, wow. Well, they must have had like a tour or something and uh, just ended up back in Texas. (laughs) Yeah, I think after because because this um because so the show was actually taped on the second. They actually did all three shows, Ross, ECW, and SmackDown, all on the same night. So um, I think there were I think the reason is because they were about to do a quick tour of Mexico um, before they kind of go back to Raw being on its own and then SmackDown, ECW. So yep. So we're in Dallas, Texas, and uh, this is like I said, this is ECW July 3rd, 2007, or July 2nd, whichever one. And we have a matchup. It's Johnny Nitro versus Tommy Dreamer. Headlock applied by Nitro, shoulder tackle and hip toss by Tommy, a sidekick to Tommy. Nitro gets flung off the top rope, backbreaker to Nitro, flying armbar to Tommy, huge clothesline by Tommy to the outside, drop kick by Nitro to the outside. Kicks Tommy's shoulder. Tommy ru- Tommy runs uh, rams uh, Nitro into the turnbuckle. Nitro misses a tornado kick. Huge clothesline by Nitro. Tree of woe to Nitro. Johnny Nitro then hits a corkscrew neckbreaker for the win. Uh, I gave this matchup a star in three quarters. 
It was good, Steve. Uh, you know, Tommy uh, was showing offense and, uh, you know, letting uh, Nitro get a uh, win over him. Uh, Tommy knows when to, like, put people over, and uh, he does a good job at it, too. So, in a star in three quarters. Yeah, I actually went two and two and three quarters. I um, really liked this match. Um, they did announce, uh, as more so was coming out, that um, that he and Punk are basically doing the whole pick your poison thing, where they each pick their other, pick the other's opponents. So uh, Punk pick, picked Dreamer to face Morrison, and then um, we'll see who Morrison chose chose to face Punk later in the night. Um, yeah, just some good solid back and forth between the guy, between the two. Dreamer at this point is pretty much in, like I said before, in the whole um, you know putting guys over and he makes uh, nitro look good. Uh, he does get his usual offense in uh, more uh, nitro does um, get some good stuff in. And then he gets up, he gets the clean win, which was a good bounce back after, uh, after it's suffering that tough loss the week previous to, uh, to Cena. Um, this was a good um, bounce back win here for, for nitro to kind of give him some momentum going into the, into the bash. Yep. And then, um, so out of nowhere, um, this is where like it gets interesting on this show. Um, I'll let you take it from here uh, if you'd like to say anything because I didn't really watch it. But they show they take us right into a recap of the uh, ECW World Title match: Nitro versus Punk at Vengeance 2007. Um, I did not uh, grade the matchup, so I really don't have a lot to apply other than that. Uh, Nitro did look like Nitro did pin. Punk clean, so uh, you know it was good that like he didn't really cheat. He really got off the um, clean, uh, and uh, he became the ECW champion. Yeah, so I didn't. Um, well, so I uh, way back when um, Scott and JT did the show for their uh, for the for the Place We podcast. I of course did the uh, Vintage Raw previewing for it, and I since I was on my since I was doing my kick of all doing all the punk matches, I did do this match. Um it was a again just kind of a basic match. Um I great I did give it a two and a half. Um I think they, you know, worked on circumstances as they could because, you know, that was a whole, you know everyone thought it was gonna be punk at Benoit, then it ended up being Nitro and the crowd was kinda in and out of it. Um at one point they I think chanted for Benoit, you know, obviously not realizing what was, you know, what was going on at the time. And I think you could tell they got that the two guys, again, not through no fault of their own, just didn't have that, um, the chemistry that I think they had hoped. Um, I think they knew there was something there between the two. Um, but I think it was just kind of, again, just, you know, given the circumstances, they just did the best they could. And, um, and again, kind of a shocker that Nitro not only, like you said, not only, not only won, but won clean, um, pinning Punk to win the title, when I think everyone probably thought, you know, okay, if it's not going to, you know, when they saw Nitro come up, I think everyone thought Punk was just going to win. Um, but, um, but yeah, just again, they did, they did what they could given the circumstances surrounding everything. And um, you just hope that now, um, as we go forward, that the match that they do have at the bash um, would be better. Yeah, um, again, like you said, um, they had to, like, switch. I don't know how many, like, what time they knew that uh, Chris Benoit was not going to be there. Maybe, like, hopefully, like, 4 o'clock, you know, try and prepare at, like, 5-ish, you know, like, go over it. Like, hopefully they did have enough time to at least try and squeeze some, like, not practice, but, like, going over spots and stuff. Uh, I don't know when the uh, Nitro... Uh, decision came that he was going to win the ECW title. You know, I thought they would have gone with Punk myself, and I thought that same way back in 2007. It's like, 
really he didn't go punk huh he went with uh nitro but again i i actually would have thought that chris benoit would have been ecw champion if under those circumstances did not occur as well as everyone said that benoit was supposed to win the ecw title at vengeance mm-hmm. so uh believe it or not steve um this is where I thought actually Marcus Corbin was going to be the opponent for CM Punk. It's like you said, it's a pick your poison match, but Nitro selected Kevin Thorne. So it is CM Punk versus Kevin Thorne. Uh, did you think Corbin was going to come out here? Because I didn't think they were going to do, uh, I, I don't think they could have done Elijah Burke again. No, they just did Burke the week before, so I think so. Yeah, I figured pick somebody different, and um, I I I can't remember if I watched it at the time if I thought it was gonna be Corvon, but um, but just kind of looking at the kind of thin roster, I mean, really there was no there's nobody else to do besides uh, besides Thorn. So yeah, and like I mean, he'll be in our next uh, episode, but I saw in the intro that. Uh, they added uh, Viscera, who's going to be introduced in our next episode. I'd be like, yeah, that could have been a surprise. Imagine if they let Viscera uh, walk out and uh, be um, Punk's opponent, too, uh, for for that match. Uh, that would have been uh, a great way to debut uh, Viscera as well. Yeah, I, but I think they, um, they clearly had something else plan, uh, planned for him. So I, I guess it wasn't it was the best idea that they didn't have it be him. Yep, uh-huh. So uh, now we have, uh, like I said, CM Punk versus Kevin Thorne. Elbows to Punk. Face plan by Punk. Uh, Punk gets Thorne down off his feet. Kicks to Thorne. Thorne rams Punk. Punk's back into the guardrail and ring. Slingshot somersault to Thorne. Thorne bounces Punk off the top rope. Flapjack and clothesline to Punk. Thorn uh, catches Punk off a crossbody. Running t- a running knee and bulldog to Thorn for a two count. Original sin counter to a flying clothesline to Thorn for a two count. Um, and then uh, the GTS gets countered into a clothesline. The cru- they calls it the crucifix bomb. Uh, Joey Styles calls it. That's like another one of. Um, Kevin Thorne's moves. I think that's like the Razor's Edge, uh, the modified Razor's Edge. Uh, they called it the Crucifix Bomb, but that gets countered into a um, into an Insiguri kick for the win by Punk. Uh, for this matchup, I went a star, a star and three quarters. Quarters, Steve. Um, it was it was good. Um, Thorne uh, Thorne did some really good stuff here. Uh, you know, again, it's always like you know the CM Punk. Uh, Stuff, you know, the flying clothesline to Thorne, like, you know, and then the running knee. But uh, it looked like uh, Thorne uh, countered the GTS was good. Um, you know, the Insiguri kick. I didn't like how it was the Insiguri kick that uh, finished off Thorne. I thought they should have just done a GTS. Like, why are we going with different uh, different finishers for Punk as well? If they know that the GTS is his real finisher. 
Yeah, I went um I went two and a half. It was um again solid stuff by both guys. Um, you know, say what you will about Thorne, the guy, you know, when he's with the right person, he can have a solid match, and this was a good example of that. Um Punk obviously, you know, sold his moves pretty well, got his good little comebacks in. Um yeah, the ending kind of threw me for a loop too. The fact that um Punk didn't win with a GTS, instead won with a roll-up. Um kind of interesting that they had um him win that way, whereas uh, Nitro won with his finisher. So I don't know if they're just kind of making, um, trying to make Punk seem more, um, more lucky that he got the win as opposed to Nitro. Um, but either way, it was still, um, you know, solid win for Punk and a good uh, outing by Thorn, um, given that he was kind of, you know, floating in limbo at this point. Since so you know, not really sure where he's where he's going. Um, but again, just a kind of a good little um, win here for Punk. Yep, and then Nitro comes out. Um, but then uh, Thorne attacks Punk, but then he gets a drop kick into Thorne, so Thorne gets drop kicked, and then Nitro just backs away from the ring. So they're um they're starting to build up that uh, Nitro is a little bit of afraid of Punk as they go into this uh, the Great American Bash. Speaking of the Great American Bash pay per view, um. I was surprised also that they're going with the three brands for the uh, pay-per-view, that they will have Raw, SmackDown, and ECW, as it will be Bobby Lashley versus John Cena for the WWE title at the Great American Bash. Your thoughts on all three brands being on um, the Great American Bash, since it does seem that it was always like a SmackDown pay-per-view, and it could have been SmackDown and ECW together. Yeah, that was. Well, I mean, by this point, um, the brand, the pay per views had already beco- had become pretty much tri branded since um, since Backlash. So it, you know, made sense that each um, that the three brands would be um, all represented. I mean, at this point, it seemed like uh, ECW's one representation would just be the um, the title match, um, because obviously they don't, they don't have the. A, deep enough roster to have either to have one or two more matches besides the title match. So, I mean, it was a, again, just kind of make the shows feel a little bit more loaded. And, um, and that's, um, Cena Lashley match was definitely one. I think a lot of people were very excited about, cause again, that's kind of a, you know, that's a pretty big dream match there, especially with, um, where Lashley had been earlier this year. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if many people, if some people thought that he was going to be the one that ended, uh, ended Cena's reign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bob, I thought I thought they were going to give uh, Lashley a good uh, head, a good uh, push here to Raw. So we'll see how that match uh, turns out at the uh, Great American Bash up here. But again, you know, we're just lacking uh, roster, and uh, we'll see what uh, what happens here as well uh, as we get into the second show. Uh, maybe we'll get some uh, new faces, and uh, we'll see what uh, what becomes of those faces as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So, Steve, uh, believe it or not, we are in our uh, second ECW show here tonight. It is ECW July 10th. We are in New Orleans. Uh, We start out with a uh, class in session segment here as Matt Stryker comes to the ring for a classroom segment. He invites the Boogeyman out, which was surprising to me because the Boogeyman has fed Matt Stryker worms twice now. And... I figured that Matt Stryker is really, uh, really brave to be calling out a scary monster like the Boogeyman here. Uh, so he gives um, he gives the Boogeyman worms, 
And then he starts uh, teaching Boogeyman about worms. But all of a sudden, when it's like Boogeyman's about to strike, or he, um, Striker goes, wait, I have uh, something more for you. Allow me to introduce to you my bodyguard, basically. Big Daddy V, but it is Viscera. So Viscera is being repackaged as Big Daddy V. He comes out, he slams Boogeyman into the table and the chalkboard, and then like he's basically thrown through the chalkboard. So we have a new face on the ECW roster. Coming off of the Raw roster during the draft, it is Viscera, or now known as Big Daddy V. What did you think of this segment, Steve? Um, well, before before I do that, I don't know if you noticed um, between our first uh, with our first episode and this one that um, in the intro, the intro video, we no longer have uh, bodies as the theme song. Um, it was just the um, on the Peacock. It was just the uh, e- the basically the ECW theme. Apparently um, on this episode, the opening had a um, had a Marilyn Manson song. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember which one it was because, again, it's, you know, it's dubbed over on Peacock. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. I'll be interested. You know, obviously we're going to probably get, be getting close to having um, Saliva be the, the uh, new theme song for the uh, for the show. So um, just wanted to point that out. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, Stryker, you know, brings Boogeyman out, trying to give him a lesson about worms. Flat out on TV, he says the word hermaphrodite, which I'm surprised he got away with. Um, and then, yeah, then they bring out um, uh, uh, Big Daddy V, who just puts an absolute beat down on Boogeyman. I mean, he, you know, that uh, power slam he gave him through the desk looked like it hurt really bad. And then, like you said, yeah, threw him right through the chalkboard, which is a cool, kind of cool little spot. Um, I mean... Why not? I mean, I mean, as when he was Viscera and he was the love machine, he was pretty much doing nothing on Raw. So, you know, give him, you know, move him over to the new brand, give him a revamped look. Um, kind of interesting with the, the tire he's given, because you can pretty much accentuate how you know big he is. Um, and I thought, you know, kind of, you know, that they changed his name to Big Daddy V. Um, but again, you know, he's not doing anything else at this point. So, you know. Give him so give him a repackaging, kind of turn him back into a killer heel, and kind of have him now kind of fill, refill the void of, of the monster heel that we, um, you know, that we had first with you know Test, and then they tried to do it with Snitsky, and now we have it with um, Big Daddy V. So we'll see how uh, he does. And obviously, smart idea to put him with Striker because Striker can be his mouthpiece, um, and really you know hype him up as a monster. So you know, again, just kind of a good, good, um, good, you know. Ways to kind of try to make uh, him into a killer again. Yeah, but it does make you wonder um, because Snitsky, and I, again, this might just be the roster's fault because they don't have a lot of roster depth. Snitsky was just jobbing guys basically and like being the crap out of them in like five seconds to five to ten seconds squashes. And then, you know, I was wondering if Viscera is just here to fill, fill the void of the great Kali as well, because again, it was just squash after squash with great Kali. So I'm interested to see how they use uh big daddy V here as well. Mm-hmm. I think with the, um, with the lack of depth, I think you, I think he's a guy that they're probably going to want to um, think of as a guy to, to push up to the main event level. So. Yeah. We'll have to see where the ECW title goes and uh, big daddy V uh, gets into the ECW title picture. Mm-hmm. 
So now we have Elijah Burke versus Balls Mahoney. So again, uh, Elijah Burke guys wasn't on the first show, but he is here now. Um, you know, Burke goes to work on Balls, punches by Balls. Burke chokes. Burke then chokes Balls. Um, I call this a standing corkscrew dive. I don't know what you want to call it because, like, he does like the handstand and then he twists his body. Um, so. So I called the standing corkscrew dive by Berg. It's an impressive move uh, with like the phys- physique of the uh, the handstand off the turnbuckles. Balls lands a knockout punch, but misses a dive. The Elijah Express the balls for the win. Uh, for this matchup, Steve, I want to star in the quarter. Uh, it's fine. Uh, again, another uh, good appearance by uh, Elijah Burke, but again, not that much from Balls Mahoney except for that uh, knockout punch. Uh, so I said it was a star and a quarter. Yeah, I went star and a quarter as well. It was, again, basic stuff. Um, again, Ball's kind of like um, Dreamer, just here to put these uh, those, these guys over. Um, yeah, I don't know what you call that move, but it definitely looked Im- looked impressive by Burke. Um, and then, I, you know, he hits a nice Elijah, Expre- uh, Elijah Express at the end to win. So, um, again, nothing much just to kind of give Burke a win after, um, you know, kind of, really two back-to-back tough losses first to first to Benoit then to uh to Punk so this was a kind of a good little uh, bounce back for him then we get highlights of Tommy Dreamer um in ECW all the extreme moments because uh the main event here tonight is going to be Tommy Dreamer versus Johnny Nitro again but it's going to be an extreme rules match here so Tommy gets all of his uh weapons or toys as he likes to say in this matchup now we have CM Punk versus Stevie Richards. Uh, how many times have uh, we seen this? This has got to be like the third or fourth time, right? Oh, I mean, I'm thinking more. We're hitting double digits almost with the, the number of times these two these two guys fought. And I think Punk has a um, flawless record against them. Oh yeah, and uh, so again, uh, again, roster reshuffling, uh, and it's like, uh, Stevie available? Is he still on the roster? Yep, uh, put him with Punk tonight. We'll see what happens. Arm drags by both men. Neckbreaker to Stevie. Insiguri kick to Stevie's head. A huge kick to the back of Punk's head. Like, it looked like it hurt. Uh, it was like, boom, like the shot like was hurt too. It was like, oh, that might come back. Because, like, again, we're in, like, the CTE kind of, like, you know, starting to realize it. And it was like, oh, that's a big shot there suplex by punk um stevie counters a stevie counters a boston crab uh two running knees and a bulldog to stevie a backbreaker by punk face plant into a submission by by stevie punk counters a tornado ddt into a gts for the win for this matchup steve i went a star in three quarters it was good Stevie had some great moves, and again, uh, you know, uh, instead of one running knee, it's two running knees and a bulldog, and then Stevie kicks out of that again, like you know, like Thorne did. Um, I'm always surprised that he goes for the fit, like for the pin after uh, the bulldog. It's like, oh, that's not the way the match is going to end, you know. Um, but Stevie put up a uh, great match here, so I want to star in three quarters, Steve. Yeah, I went two stars. Um, even though we we joke about how many times these guys have faced each other, you know, they always, you know, they do always have good chem. They have good chemistry, and you can always guarantee that you're gonna get at least something decent out of them. Um, so you know, again, 
Rich Stevie got some of his moves in. Um, Punk looked, you know, looked pretty good with all of his moves. And then I did like the uh, finish, that counter of the Tornado DDT into the GTS. Um, so again, just another solid win by uh, by Punk. Yep, and uh, we'll see uh, where Punk goes from here as uh, he gets ready to face uh, John Nitro at uh, the Great American Bash. Backstage, the Miz is with um, the Miz is backstage with Extreme Expose. He's got like all three girls uh, looking at him as he's going to make his debut tonight on ECW as he goes one on one with Nunzio. Nunzio, so you know. It's the old time ECW guys versus the uh, new breed of like roster people here. Uh, you know, even though the uh, even though like the new breed uh, brand name is dead because now it's just Elijah Burkle. We're still getting some new stars here as well. So the Miz makes his debut against Nunzio. Backdrop and a drop kick to Nunzio. Drop kick to the Miz off the um, off the uh, bottom rope. A suplex by Nunzio. Nunzio using Nunzio is using the ropes, which I thought was interesting because like that's more of like a heel move. And it's like, well, Nunzio, you're supposed to be like a baby face, and you're using the uh, the ropes. Did you notice that? Yeah, that that threw that kind of confused me too because I wasn't sure where they were kind of going with if they're trying to make Miz be the face or or have him be the heel. I mean, the way they kind of kind of go, you know, do that little thing with uh, Extreme X was saying almost making you see like you know the Eric you know arrogant heel. Um, but then he wrestles this match like a baby face. Yep. So Nunzio is using the ropes, a shoulder dive off the middle rope, and a swinging neck breaker for the win by the Miz. Uh, for this matchup, Steve, on a star and a half. It was all right. Nunzio doing some like weird uh like the matchup was a little bit weird because Nunzio is like doing some heelish moves, but uh he put over the Miz really well. So the Miz gets the uh, win here. So it's like, is the Miz going to be a baby face or is he going to be a heel? You know? Yeah. I want to start in a quarter. It was again, fine stuff. Um, you know, not your typical like squash because Nunzio did get some decent stuff in. And again, you know, is Miz supposed to be the face or the heel? Cause he did, um, he did have a, you know, kind of a little spirited comeback, um, like a face. And then he hits his little, um, neck breaker there. Um, to get the win. So, yeah, it'll be, I mean, a good win for him. It'll be interesting to see how he kind of develops here on ECW, especially um, as we continue this little thing he's got going with Extreme Expose. Yep. So now, Steve, uh, believe it or not, again, we are at the, uh, we're at the main event here, as it is Tommy Dreamer versus Johnny Nitro. At Extreme Rules. But before we get there, uh, we do get in another uh, Extreme Expose. So they do seem to be really on and off the uh, Extreme Exposés. You don't really get it every week. Uh, seems like it's like every other week, you know, really depends on uh, how much time is left on the show and what segment can we um, can we take out of the show. Am I right? Yeah, pretty basic stuff there that they did. So just to kind of keep the show going. Again, it always seems like Layla is the uh, the leader of uh, Extreme Expose, even though it's like Kelly Kelly's really supposed to be the leader. But Layla's got more of the uh, Miami Heat uh, background of uh, dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here we are on this Extreme Rules match between Tommy Dreamer and John Nitro. Tommy goes to work on Nitro, hip toss and crutch shots by Tommy. Nitro throws Tommy into the post. 
Nitro uses the crutch on Dreamer. He actually breaks the crutch finally over Tommy. A fallaway slam and a clothesline to the outside by Tommy. Nitro slams Tommy head first into the post with a chair. Corkscrew moonsault by Nitro off the guardrail. Nitro gets hung on the top rope and trash can with shots. DDT by Tommy. Tommy misses an elbow dive with the trash can lid. Tree of Woe with the trash can over Nitro's head. Nitro then throws Tommy into a chair for the win. Again, this matchup had a very uh, weird ending. Instead of uh, Nitro using his uh, finishing maneuver, which is like a corkscrew neck break. I forget what it was called, but um, the Moonlight Divine, I think you said it was. Yeah, uh, the Moonlight Drive. Moonlight Drive, yeah. He just throws him into a chair face first and uh, gets the win. For this matchup, Steve, I went two stars. It was good, solid. Yeah, I went two and a quarter. A slight um, slight dip from their previous match. Um, obviously, this match wasn't as long as the other one, but um, you know they did some good uh, little weapon shots. Um, I liked that Quartz Crew moonsault out the barricade by more, uh, Nitro. I thought that was a really good spot. Um, and then you know Dreamer gets his you know usual stuff, and yeah, that ending really kind of like because they're like going back and forth, which you know countering each other, and it's like you know I think it was just like one one or two times too many before uh, Nitro finally hit the. The drop toe hold into the chair, which looked really nasty, and I'm actually not surprised he, you know, got the pin off of that because I've actually thought that was a good little, um, you know, spot by him. And I know, um, and Joey and Taz were really putting it over the fact that you know Johnny Nitro just beat Tommy Dreamer in a in an Extreme Rules match, so they were really making uh, Dreamer, I mean, um, Nitro look pretty strong um, going into the going into the bash match. Yeah, so now it looks like um, instead of Punk standing tall at the end, uh, Nitro stands tall over Tommy Dreamer. So they're both making, uh, they're both, WWE is making both guys look good as they go into the matchup here. You had CM Punk standing tall last week, and um, you have Nitro standing tall this week, too. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where they go from here. So. We do so it's like, you know, we get some positives, but a lot of I feel like it, this these two shows were a step backwards, Steve. What do you think? Yeah, I think they're just again after, you know, after the whole Benoit thing, they're still trying to find their way. Um, like I said, the roster is very depleted. Um it's we're seeing a lot of, you know, again, a lot of this just the same guys and you know they do have something good brewing with this more uh, nitro and punk feud. So hopefully, you know, when we get to the bash, it does pay, you know, pay off with a good match. Um, but it will be interesting to see how we continue to go throughout the summer um, and how the roster kind of tries to um, rebuild itself. Yeah. So uh, things to look out for um, big daddy V let's see where they go with him. And is the Miz a baby face or a heel? And uh, the question is, how long will Nitro's uh, reign be before uh, CM Punk eventually takes the title? You know, because I think they still have high hopes for uh, CM Punk to be the uh, leader babyface for ECW. It just sucks that, you know, Corvan Corvan came up short with, um, you know, leaving. Yeah, I mean, you know, if he really wanted to leave uh, to deal with all the uh, family issues they said he had, then you know, good for him. But again, it was like he was coming up and, you know, the pounces and everything. It looked like, 
<laughs> excuse me. It looked like him and Burke were going to be like powerhouse heels that were uh, going to get a lot of uh, spotlight on them with the ECW uh, brand. And, you know, Corvon pulls up lame a little bit or pulls up short, whichever way you want to look at it. And it's basically up to like Burke, you know, and Nitro to be the uh, top two heels. But we'll see what happens with Big Daddy V as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it uh, from here tonight on Extreme Resurrection. But before we go, Steve, do you have anything that you want to direct the uh, listeners to? Yeah, you can usually find me over on the PTP Pop Experience. I have my usual shows over there. I'll make you Mount Rushmore, uh, the video jukebox song of the day. And, of course, uh, Pop Goes the Classics. That one is where me, Andy Atherton, Bertha going through all the Disney animated films. Uh, we recently did Atlantis, The Lost Empire. So that was a kind of... Uh, little interesting film to talk about so our next episode uh will of course be lilo and stitch which i'm looking forward to uh, watching that again um and again i usually um also can be found over on the north south connection um occasionally appear on there on a, on a chronoso um also occasionally with ryan doing the uh, previewings for the the premium live events and i will um hype for the for what those guys are doing over there on youtube currently um they're doing the uh what's called the no so countdown where they are counting down 23 war games matches um they basically watched all the um all the you know war games matches that are available for you know for public for public um and then rank them so um spoiler i do appear on one episode actually with um Gruny, your old uh extreme resurrection uh, co-host uh, michael cook um oh. where we discuss the um the women's war games match from nxt takeover war games 2020 um where so where did that match land on the countdown um you'll just have to uh follow along and find out so uh, be sure to check that check that out and also, don't forget, of course, over on the PTB Facebook group, the greatest song of the 2000s tournament is uh, going strong. We are now into round three. So we are, um, we of course started with 704 songs. We're now down to the top 128. Um, so some big matches still going strong. Some big, um, big contenders still um, on the table. Some um, long shots are still hanging tough. So as we continue going forward, as we determine to see what the greatest song of the 2000s is. Yeah, again, I always enjoyed the uh, polls, you know, I'm just ready to click, click, click and click, you know, it's like four a day. It's like, oh, I've got to find the new ones, uh, you know, or uh, try and uh, look at the ones if I didn't vote and be like, oh, well, I can probably say hopefully I can save this one that I really, really like, uh, you know, uh, some upsets, some interesting uh, voting going there. Uh, you're doing a great job with it, Steve. Yeah, it, it, it was it's a lot of it was a lot of work, obviously, but yeah, I'm definitely proud with the uh, response we've gotten from it. Yep. As for me, um, you can find me uh, mostly on the uh, Place to Be Nation, uh, Place to Be Nation podcast uh, group here. Um, besides Extreme Resurrection, I have um, I am the host of the show Nation Invasion. I just recently had Chad Campbell on and we just discussed um um, we discussed the uh, Raw from July 16, 2001, and July 19, SmackDown 2001, where Stone Cold got the big pop uh, returning to Team WWF after um, after uh, walking out on Vince in the previous SmackDown. So we're at the go home of uh, go home Raw and SmackDown of the Invasion, where Stone Cold comes back. 
Um, you know, the Alliance is giving their pep talk and the WWF is giving their pep talks as well. I'm going to have Matt Souza on as we watch the uh, the Invasion pay-per-view as well. So uh, big things happening on the Nation Invasion and also on the Place to be Nation Mothership uh, podcast. I got the opportunity to have the last uh, pay-per-view review, basically, uh, that they are taking a break from, WrestleMania 26. So um, I was there live in Phoenix, Arizona, and that was a great show to uh, go over and review. I haven't watched it ever since I went to WrestleMania live, and boy, the, there were some things I uh, forgot about, too. So uh, the chronological pay-per-views ends with uh, WrestleMania 26. As Justin and Scott prepare their new project in the Place to Be Nation uh, through the towns, um, you know, where they're going to go over, uh, you know, the big towns uh, who and go over the best matches that people have picked for that uh, town as well. So uh, it might be like Chicago, Philadelphia, Madison Square Garden, like all those uh, and stuff as well. So uh, be sure to check that out as uh, they get rolling with that as well. Like I said, that's going to do it from us here on Extreme Resurrection. I'm James Gruenberg. He's Steve Riddle. And we will see you next time. Stay extreme. You're going down, down, down. Just come smooth. Watch me do what I do. Laying down a perfect groove. I'm liquid smooth in Gucci shoes. And the ladies know that I'm the man. But you, you just don't lose. I want to be Turn your gun.